Hey everyone, you just tuned in to the NetSuite podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and if you've been keeping up with our Superheroes of Finance series, then you may have seen me recently announced a new member, Forecastic Man. On this episode, we'll talk about Forecastic Man, chatting with content director Art Whitman, who's helped lead the creation of these superheroes. Whitman will dive into a bit of Forecastic Man's origin story, his superpower ability to see into the future, and his passion for helping entrepreneurs, finance teams, and growing businesses everywhere. He'll even chat a bit about the importance of forecasting and how NetSuite helps businesses overcome the challenges typically associated with it. Then I'm excited to bring on a real life superhero, Amanda Afish. She's the vice president of finance at T3 Micro, a leading manufacturer of hairstyling tools. She'll talk about her own origin story and her love of finance before diving into her journey with T3. One of the biggest challenges she faced as a leader of the company was handling the pains that come with quick growth. Getting processes in place as a company scales is a huge undertaking. Afish will explain how NetSuite helped T3 overcome those challenges and then overcome an onslaught of obstacles that came with the influx of demand and supply chain issues amid the pandemic. She'll explain why demand planning and forecasting became a critical component to the T3 business strategy and how they're using that as we enter a new age of growth. That's all coming up, so stay tuned. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. First up, I'd like to welcome NetSuite content director, Art Whitman, to introduce Forecastic Man. Hi, Art. Welcome to the NetSuite podcast. Hey, Kendall. Glad to be here. First uh, first time on the podcast. I so- know. I can't believe that. But I'm now like, of course, I'm sure you'll be on several times after this. But um, I'm glad that this is your first time and we're going to start it right with a little Forecastic Man intro. Yeah, Forecastic Man's cool. I'm excited to talk about him. Well, before we dive into him, I, you know, you've been really deeply involved in the creation of these superheroes and their origin stories, which I know because I've seen it um, firsthand. I've sometimes worked side by side with you on it. Um, so before we get into Forecastic Man, why were you asked to help lead this project? Like, where does your love of superheroes come from? Um, you know, I think every kid uh, enjoys superhero stories um, <laughs> when they're young. Um, but I kind of have a, a pretty nerdy side and a pretty good imagination. So I think the thought was that uh, I can probably add some uh, of that color to uh, some of our superheroes. And um, and that's pretty much how it's gone. So the, yeah. the nerdier they are, the more they came from me. <laughs> there you go. Wait, so who's your um, favorite superhero of all time? Um. I really like Spider-Man because, you know, even though he's doing good stuff in real life, he always has such a hard time in his personal life. So you got to really pull for Spider-Man, I think. I love that. Well, and it's relatable, right? Like we all, you know, whether we could all be superheroes in parts of our life. And then there are also the times of, you know, even the greatest of superheroes struggles. So 
I think, I think Spider-Man, you know, Batman and Spider-Man are up there for me for sure. Yeah. Spider-Man is, or uh, Batman, especially in the original TV series, strong nerd (laughs) uh, quotient there. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, after, you know, learning about him, I would assume people are going to say Forecastic Man is their favorite superhero of all times. Um, but what does he do? What's his superpower for those people that, you know, are tuning in right now and haven't haven't read about Forecastic Man or haven't seen any of our promo videos around him? Um, can you give us some insight? Sure. So, you know, he started out life as a pretty successful businessman. Um, and I think this will be relatable to a lot of our uh, listeners and, and viewers, because um, a lot of people, you know, have had good success in their business life and then have had some rough patches. And he certainly had a pretty significant rough patch, yeah. uh, pretty much to the extent that everything he thought about doing just didn't go right for him for a while. Yeah. And um, as a result of that, he was actually uh, getting rid of some of his belongings. And in that process came across a ring that his grandmother had given him. And it turns out that when he put it on, he uh, the ring gave him the ability to uh, see into the future, to do yeah. some forecasting for a business uh, in a way that nobody else could. So that's a pretty strong superpower. And uh, besides that, he's a, he's a pretty good athlete. You'll see that he's uh, able to do things like, uh, you know, jump from a moving plane or something like that. So that's yeah. it's pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, why would you say... Obviously, he has his own history, but why do you think he's so passionate passionate about helping entrepreneurs, you know, growing businesses and finance teams? I guess you could say learn from his mistakes. What what do you think ignites that that passion for him? You know, I think it really is just having that strong uh, rough patch in his life yeah. where a lot of his business ideas didn't go well. And and obviously anybody who's gifted with the ability to see into the future would want to share that with other people and you know, in particular, since he was passionate about business, I think he wants to share the power for uh, helping businesses do better. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, some could use that power to do wrong and to do bad, right? But he's going to make it, he's going to turn it into a good thing, which we love. Yeah, I think he is. And of course, um, not all businesses are are, are good. You know, there's yeah. the occasional not so good business. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be careful of who he uses his power for. There you go. Um you know, we're talking obviously about forecasting. Why? I know this is kind of a big umbrella question, but if you could summarize it for us, why is forecasting so crucial to the success of growing businesses, especially right now? Yeah, we look at right now and uh, we have the potential for really growth we haven't seen since the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So if a business is going to take advantage of that, um, it's going to require some forecasting. They're going to have to look at where their business is strong, which products might do well. Yeah. And then they're going to have to work with an unpredictable supply chain right now to make sure they have all the product in place and all the uh, sales teams and marketing in place to, to really exploit that. So to make that happen, you really need to have a forecast and you need mm-hmm. to have a good idea of where you're going to be successful. And the better that idea is, the, the, the more money you're going to make. It's just pretty much that simple. Well, and I love that you say that because, you know, I think a year ago when you're forecasting, you're, you're, we were planning for the worst, right? Like we were like, what, what, what happens if our business plummets? How do we, you know, kind of maintain that cash flow runway for as long as possible? But I love that you're saying now, like, you know, we're seeing, you know, crazy growth rates. So we're going to look to the future and we're looking for what happens if we're uber successful, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Can we get the product? Will we have the people in place right now? Those are the two toughest things for businesses. Uh, you know, yeah. making sure they have the right team in place and making sure they have the right uh, flow of goods for to 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 make their business go. Yeah. What what makes forecasting challenging for growing businesses? Well, I think you know, unless you're a business that uh, really has some real strong long-term contracts, it's always just guessing what the market's going to want from you. Um, in the near future and, and, and extended beyond that. So, you know, in some cases, people have a pretty good idea of what is going to be demanded. Um, you know, like if, if you produce a, a sort of a, a stable good, then you sort of know that, biz, that people will need it. Um, but that's almost never the case, right? I mean, you think about farmers, something that they might have a good crop, they might have a bad crop. Sometimes there's more demand for one, uh, one sort of crop than another. Um, your competition, other farmers could do really well. Um, so, you know, that, that could be a challenge for them. Um, and in some cases, you know, you could actually develop a new crop variant, which might actually really, uh, change your business and drive it, uh, substantially. So you'd sure like a forecasting man to help you out with that if it happens, <laughs> how to deal with it. Yeah. You know, forecasting man obviously helps solve these, pro- these challenges, these problems in our fictional world, but what about in the real world? Like how, what can businesses leverage to um, help them overcome these, these sorts of obstacles? Well, every business needs to go through a process of, of thinking through it, it in, in many businesses. It can be a relatively simple process. What's my typical next quarter going to look like? What would a great quarter look like? What would a not so great quarter look like? Um, and as you go through that process, you need to think about like, okay, does that mean I need more people or less people? Do I need mm-hmm. more goods to sell or less goods to sell? Will I need to open new channels uh, for sales? And in that whole process, um, you know, it, it's basically how you plan your business. Mm-hmm. And um, this is an area where NetSuite can really help a lot. We have some great planning tools. Uh, a lot of businesses will start out with a spreadsheet and once, you know, eventually you get to a certain size or that spreadsheet just doesn't work all that well. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about uh, tools from NetSuite is they can look at a lot of your existing sales and a lot of your existing uh, purchases and inventory and help you include those in the process. So it just takes a lot of the grunt work out of, out of creating a, a, a good forecast. Oh, and yeah. that's, that's important. Yeah. Tying all aspects of the business rather than just, you know, every, kind of like your siloed, you know, what you have in inventory, financials, whatever it may be, customers, um, it brings it all into one place and helps you give, you know, provides a, a, a bigger picture of the entire business rather than having to kind of tie these, all these systems together to come up with that forecast, right? Yeah. And, you know, in most businesses, um, it's a long process to do a forecast without good tools. So, mm. You start out with your sales team trying to figure out what they can sell, your production team trying to figure out what they can make, um, your HR team figuring out if they can get the people that they need for all that stuff. And they all do it in their own silos, as you said. Mm-hmm. And then they come together and sort of work it through. And <clears throat> if they mesh, that's great, but they almost never do. So that's <laughs> back to the drawing board to go back and try to figure out what you can really do. So really having the tools that have a good uh, view across your business is just super helpful. Awesome. Well, Art, I can't believe it, but we're already almost to the end here. Um, you know, you mentioned 
uh, for Castic Man and, and a little bit about his origin story and some of the cool things he's capable of doing, his athleticism. So what types of content, other than the origin story and the blog associated with that, what types of content should um, our listeners go and check out when it comes to Forecastic Man? Yeah, NetSuite has a pretty rich set of uh, content around forecasting, both uh, descriptions of how our tools work so people can understand that better, and also some uh, content on Brainyard and in blogs and uh, also in video that really explain how forecasting works and various concepts in it. So there's a lot of content uh, that NetSuite has to offer here. Awesome. Well, I will provide some links to that in the description of this podcast episode and art. Your first recording with NetSuite is done. Thank you so much for joining us. I I hope that you're back on soon. Thanks, Kendall. I love it. Appreciate it being here. Awesome. Does your business have trouble managing inventory, projects, or even getting paid on time? Don't let spreadsheets and QuickBooks hold you back. If you want to get your business to a better place, take action now and make the move to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com business. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com business. netsuite.com business. Now I'm excited to introduce Amanda Afiche, a real life superhero and the vice president of finance at T3 Micro. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the NetSuite podcast. Hi, Kendall. Thank thanks you for, for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm super excited to chat with you to get to know yet another superhero of finance being you. Um, so thanks for joining us. Now, I know I gave you some details on Forecastic Man and his whole origin story um, right before we hit record on this. So I'm going to ask you to provide your backstory for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey up to this point. Sure. So I always had um, like a passion for business and strategy and really also loved uh, numbers and analysis. So just going into finance was a natural progression for me. Um, I started my career in really um, construction and manufacturing and, um, you know, always wanted to get into the CPG space or work for a company where, you know, I could really identify with the product Mm -hmm. and, you know, being a beauty junkie and my love for fashion and all things beauty. um, When this opportunity for T3 came about, I was super excited and um, really didn't think twice and took the job. And it's been, you know, over six great years and it's, it's been a wonderful uh, journey. What a jump that is from construction and what was it? Warehousing into manufacturing, into manufacturing yeah. and in, in, into, uh, into hair styling tools, would you call it? Um, that's, that's pretty amazing, but very cool. I love to hear that. 
So you were, you know, you've been in finance all along. Where did your love for finance really stem from? Do you think? Um, I've always been very entrepreneurial and Uh I just really love business. You know, I was the kid who would have a lemonade stand at the corner, just Uh always, you know, enamored with business. And I just knowing my strengths personally, I was very numbers and data and, you know, analytics focused. And though I, I very respect, I respect the creative mind so much that really isn't my strong point. And so finance just really made sense for me Mm -hmm. um, just because I really like the numbers. I love you know, I love the story the numbers tell and digging into the details and figuring things out and trying to anticipate, you know, future trends. And so it just really was a great um, and natural progression for me. Well, I mean, you're the perfect person to have on this podcast because we are going to be talking about kind of that, <laughs> that forecasting mindset here in a bit. Um, what would you say, though, is your finance superpower? I mean, you said you knew your strengths. What are those? What's, what are, I mean, you don't have to name one, but what would you say are your superpowers? So I think just being data and KPI focused and, mm-hmm. and really remaining nimble mm-hmm. and taking quick learnings and, and being able to pivot very quickly, mm-hmm. um, especially in, in an environment that we're in right now. I was about to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just need to be really open-minded yeah. um, and and try to understand what the numbers are saying and just have, you know, plan A, B, and C at top of mind so that you can pivot and and uh, move quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm again, I'm so excited to hear how you're using these kind of superpowers. You know, like you said, with with the changing business environment that we're in today and in your current role as the VP of finance for T3 micro. Um, but first what is T3 micro? I know I said, you know, hairstyling tools, but can you tell us a bit more about the company? Sure. We're, um, a luxury hair tool company and we're based out of, uh, Southern California. Um, and our product, what we do is we focus on delivering a highly engineered, beautiful experience to, um, you know, most, mostly women, I'll say, but women and men um, who use our products. And so every button and every feature is, is agonized and thought out and re-engineered and tested. And so we really, um, we really pride ourselves in giving women just an amazing experience at home while doing their hair. I mean, that's, that's not an easy thing to do, to make sure that that experience is consistent across, you know, every single channel for every single customer. What's, what would you say is kind of the key to making sure you're able to get that experience across? Like I I'd mentioned before, everything is really thought out and we are an extremely collaborative group. And so maybe like other CPG companies where, you know, you have one person kind of managing the product and working with the manufacturing team, we have a whole group. And so when you put, you know, a bunch of women in, in, in the room and, and everybody's saying, well, I really want this and I would really love this. And so they listen to everything. And um, when feasible, you know, we put it in, into our products. 
So yes, you're right. It's very difficult to make everybody happy, but I think we do uh, a very, very good job at it. Um, Our tools are fantastic. Well, and having a bunch of people, you know, with different perspectives, joining in diversity of thought is so important. So I'm sure that helps too, to reach everybody's needs. That's great. Um, and that explains a lot. You know, you, you mentioned you joined, uh, in 2015, that explains a lot about why you would want to join a company like this, but I'm sure there were also areas for growth. Um, what were some of the big challenges or, you know, we've dubbed them in these podcast episodes prior to this, some of the I'm air quoting right now, operational villains, um, that T3 face that you faced in your role, um, when you first joined the team. So we've experienced some pretty significant growth over the past six years. And, you know, when things are just moving so quickly and um, business is growing, Mm -hmm. our our biggest struggle was to really lay the ground, (laughs) lay the infrastructure out and say, okay, like this is this is our, these are our processes and we're going to redefine them and redesign them. And this is how we're going to scale the business because, you know, the growth just came so quickly and we were, you know, in a way struggling to, to keep up. And so, so we're doing the work and at the same time, we're documenting the processes and redesigning them. I think, you know, it, it, it was challenging. um, um, But you know, the growth came and, and we had to, we had to manage it. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we hear it all the time too much. I mean, great growth, crazy fast mm. growth. I mean, that comes with a lot of growing pains. That's that's, I mean, it, as great as it is, it's also you're learning at the same time that you're building and continuing to grow this company. It can be super stressful. Sorry for my dog barking, barking in the background, the joys of working from home. Um, so how did you how did you kind of overcome some of those growing pains? What processes, systems did you put in place to deal with that? Um, so we've been we've been on NetSuite for quite some time, um, and we do utilize a lot of the suite. Like the, we use it for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is we really leveraged the expertise within the NetSuite group. Mm-hmm. And I have regular meetings with the NetSuite team. And I say, look, we need help. Like, what are other people doing? How, is there a better way to do this? Or this is really a pain point for me. Um, how do we fix it? And so over the years, um, we've really made some significant improvements um, to our processes. And sometimes it's, you know, a very simple customization to the system, or sometimes it's just a complete overhaul of what we were doing. I know we had one person tell me like, why are you doing it that way? And I just said, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know what can, how should, (laughs) what are other people doing? And so we did a lot of that and, um, we really focused on leveraging technology to work for our benefit. So, you know, sometimes the NetSuite option won't work for us. They'll, they've recommended, um, really great partners mm-hmm. that they've worked with. So we've really used um, technology to um, really just work smart and not hard. Yeah. Um, I really feel badly to add headcount to do, you know, non-value add work. Right. Um, so we just try to, like I said, leverage the technology that's available um, 
to yeah. focus on analytics and, 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 uh, FPNA. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like what, what are, what's one of the ways, can you give us an example of one of the ways in which like NetSuite has helped specifically in overcoming a major challenge or, you know, in keeping headcount down, you know, so that you don't mm-hmm. have to add extra headcount for, for jobs that just aren't, aren't worth it. Um, can you give us a specific, specific example of that? Yeah, I can give you, ma- I can give oh. you, ma- <laughs> um, so returns are a very big part of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had this process, you know, when, when we were smaller, it wasn't that big of a deal, but when, um, when we grew and, you know, things started picking up and we wanted very detailed returns reporting by customer, by SKU, just being able to spin it a diff- million different ways, um, the way we were setting up our uh, our SKUs in the system, if it mm-hmm. they just suggested that we alter it slightly and they helped us with a um, very minor customization and it literally saved like 10 hours a month is something wow. crazy. Yeah. And, and then the data, because what has happening before is we would have to export everything to Excel and manipulate and clean up all the data and right. all of that work is gone. So wow. now we can use all the canned reports within the system. And it's just, you, you don't have to do all this really um, annoying data cleanup. So yeah, manual work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one example. Um, if I may, I'll give one more. Um, yeah, of we, course. We were really struggling with AP. Um, we do a lot of shoots, a lot of, um, you know, we work with a lot of influencers and people that just need to be paid right away. And we're finding like we're, we were having to do a check run like every week, uh, sorry, every few days. And, oh my and gosh. yeah, because what would happen is somebody from our, you know, creative group would come and say, I need this check. We're going to a photo shoot right now, whatever it may be. It just felt like there was, we were in constant fire mode for these payments. And so I, I asked the NetSuite rep, like, is there something? And they, you know, referred us to one of their partners who we transitioned our, our whole AP to uh, paperless. Um, everybody, we don't sign any more checks. Um, and it's just, it's so much easier invoices get approved so much quicker. Everybody approves them through emails. It's just relieved so much of, um, pain points for everybody, especially the people who are not, you know, NetSuite heavy users. Um, and it actually saved us a lot of money because we, we had, we didn't need all of these NetSuite seats because now they were approving the invoices in, in, um, in their email. So that was all, that was all through our, um, suggestion of our wonderful NetSuite rep. So, wow. Amazing. I love, we love to hear those stories. That's great. Thank you. Um, you know, one thing I do want to talk about that we, we, we hit on a a bit earlier, but, um, I want to bring back now is, you know, a lot of people, a lot of companies face some, some major challenges in their supply chain in demand, um, over the past year and a half since the pandemic, what challenges did you see and how did NetSuite help you, as you said, you know, kind of pivot and, and overcome those obstacles? Yeah. So initially we were faced with, um, demand issues, you know, when the pandemic first hit, um, and not only, were we getting less orders, but we were very reluctant to ship 
some of the orders that we were getting. Um, you know, you were worried about credit risks. And so in the beginning, NetSuite really helped us make very quick decisions on which orders to ship and, and what was going on just by looking at the customer dashboards and understanding their payment history um, yeah. very quickly. Um, and then as, as the pandemic kind of progressed, it changed from demand to supply issues. So mm-hmm. like many CPG companies, we're, we're seeing shortages, we're seeing rising costs, uh, longer transit times. So we're able to really pull our, his- you know, we've been on NetSuite for, I want to say, I think more than 10 years. Wow. Um, so we have a lot of historical data in there. And so we're able to look at the sales data, sales by SKU, by customer, by channel in many different ways, and just to really refine our demand planning. And so having everything in one place is just so helpful and allows you to make a decision so, so quickly. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that goes with what we're kind of talking about, you know, with, with forecastic man, we're talking about forecasting, really forecasting, planning, modeling, making sure that you're able to do that. And and, but in a changing business environment, like we've seen and will and we'll continue to see, you know, now in kind of a positive way where we're seeing this kind of new age of growth, um, how does NetSuite allow, like, how did NetSuite allow you to properly forecast and plan? I'm, I'm guessing, like you said, those historical records were supremely helpful over the past 10 years. But then now as we enter this kind of new age, this new kind of acceleration forward, how are you looking into the future and how are you using NetSuite to do so? Um, so we will continue to look at our historical data, but then we're also really focused on really leveraging technologies or new processes to make us go faster. Um, we recently just built out a digital transformation and data and analytics team um, who, who will be going to Sweet World to meet with all the great vendors there just to see what's going on and what's out there. Um, but but planning has always been a huge focus for us. So we've always done, you know, long-term, short-term, monthly reforecast. And wow. so um, our, our demand plan is really where everything kind of begins um, in terms of all of our planning and our, P, our purchasing and just managing our lead times. So just the ability to have all of that data in NetSuite really at our fingertips has made our forecasting just so much easier um, because it's all there. And so when we're launching a new product or we're doing, you know, a specific color, we can go back and look at, okay, a similar product launched with this, you know, retailer at this time. And, And we take those trends and, you know, massage them to make them, uh, fit the current situation. Um, so that's really how we've been using it. And it's been so helpful and so wonderful for us. Why, why have you guys always focused so heavily kind of on, on demand planning? I mean, what just, is it just kind of as a retail brand, you know, as a manufacturer of these styling tools or what is it specific to T3? Um, so our products are manufactured in Asia and just long lead times. Um, I don't know if you're aware, it's just, it's taking things forever to come across the ocean right now. And all the ports are backed up. And so 
we, you know, when we hear this news, we make conscious decisions to, okay, we're going to increase our weeks of supply, or we're going to pare back on our weeks of supply, depending upon the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really driven by a lot of it's driven by external factors that are out of our control. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always been a focus for us. Got it. Yeah. We talk, you know, we've had so many customers on, you know, on the podcast and on our various series, um, blogs and whatnot talk about, you know, just how hard, how difficult it's been in those external factors, especially yeah. over the past year and a half and really trying to, to make the right decisions, um, in terms of product or whatever it manufacture, whatever it may be. So yes, we have heard it. If we haven't, if we've heard it once, we've heard it at least 20 times. So, um, you are not alone in that. So what would you say to an organization who is considering NetSuite, um, you know, ha- has been cha- challenged with really demand planning, forecasting and planning? Um, what would you say to someone like that who's considering NetSuite right now? Um, go. <laughs> Do it. Um, it. It is. I've used many ERP systems and um, it's a really great tool if you don't have a technical, a heavy technical group within your, your company. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of CPG brands who maybe don't have coders or, you know, database administrators or all of this IT group, um, you really don't need it with NetSuite. And it is so easy to use. And there's so much that it can do. Um, I think with every release, we learn so much more and we're constantly revisiting how we use the, the, the system and how we can better use the system. Um, so I think in terms of, of, of value of money, it's a fantastic tool. Um, and I'm just always so surprised and delighted. Like mm-hmm. when I go to these conferences, there's so much out there in terms of uh, partners that you know, seamlessly uh, integrate with NetSuite if something within NetSuite's not working for you. Um, yeah, it's it's been a really great uh, tool for us. Awesome. I love that. And yes, Sweet World is coming up in October. And for everybody who's tuning in, you can register now. Um, we'll have an in-person event, which we'd love to see you there. We miss all of you, but we'll also have a virtual event um, for those who are, are staying home. So I'm glad you brought that up, Amanda, and we'll look forward to seeing everybody who's coming from T3. Um, and I can't believe it, but we're already at our last question for this interview. And I always love this question because, you know, we are talking about these superheroes of finance and in our eyes, you are a real life superhero. Um, so I want to wrap up with what, what would you want to share about the unsung heroes of finance? If you will, what do you wish more people knew? Um, I think maybe just being open to doing things a different way. I think sometimes in finance, you're just like very black and white and not, I not really open to being creative. So I just always ask for help. Um, I always question what we're doing and say, how can we be, you know, work smarter? How can we do it better? Um, and for that, I really rely on technology it's evolving so quickly and you can you know leverage your existing relationships whether it be with your ERP provider like NetSuite or wherever it might be within within your network ask what other people are doing and you know technology is 
relatively cheap. It's a lot cheaper than adding headcount. So I would ask, just ask for help, ask people around you, what are you guys doing and, and um, work it that way. That's great. Well, on that note, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode. This was super insightful. I love the stories. I love hearing everything that you guys are are doing and will continue to do and, and how you're leveraging NetSuite to get there. So appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I love that advice from Amanda. Leverage all the technology that's available to you. And don't forget, it's okay to ask for help. Thank you so much to Amanda Afish and Art Whitman for joining us on this episode. I've left a link in the description of this episode if you want to learn more about our newest member of the Superheroes of Finance, Forecastic Man. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand. And of course, all of you superheroes, as always, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. Bye. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.